Open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. Uh, this morning, uh, I am grateful that you're here. Uh, um, today we're going to begin a series on why we gather, why we gather for the month of October. Uh, we're going to begin this series, a four-part series on why we gather as the church. Uh, and this morning, um, I would just title the message, The Message We Are Lost Without. Uh, the message we are lost without. Um, it's been interesting as a pastor, and I've shared this with you before in weeks prior, that um, this whole quarantine thing kind of caught me off guard. Uh, I am not one who thinks a lot about medical things. Uh, my mom was a nurse, and I figured she had that taken care of, so I didn't need to think anything about those things. And as a pastor, you get to learn more than you want to know about people's uh, ailments, and I'm sure as time goes on, I'll get some of those of my own and some specialists, and I'll be right in there with you. Um, but as I think about things, I rarely think about health until it's upon you, until uh, there's sickness that enters your home. And this was kind of a cultural thing, and we, we saw it happen in China and Europe, and then it came over to the United States, and in a moment, we were shut down. Uh, and as a church, we go, oh, okay, I guess, I guess we'll go along with that. I guess that's okay for a while or whatever. And so we bought a camera, and we started live streaming, and uh, we tried to figure it out. And uh, we didn't think too deeply initially about the idea that we would not meet physically together. And uh, uh, it's interesting, you hear feedback from some of you and some of those who aren't here uh, this morning and those who have struggled diffi difficultly with their own health in the regular days and now um, feel more isolated. Uh, but some have said, you know, uh, you know, it's not that bad, you know, I, I get to sit there in my pajamas uh, with my cup of coffee and go to church, and uh, I, I don't know if you really went to church that day. Uh, not, I'm not saying your pajamas make church or not. We, we could have pajama day here at Bear Valley Church as they do at the schools, and you could all come in your pajamas, and that would be awful, uh, but um, I, 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 want, I want you to really think through uh, can we stay together if we're apart? Uh, is that God's intention for his local church as we gather together? Uh, can we do it by just hearing a message, hearing a few tunes uh, over the interwebs? Is that enough? Is that what God has designed for his church? And I would submit to you, no, uh, it's not. Uh, we will continue to live stream as uh, long as we think it's beneficial. and This is what God wants us to do. But as we are his church, uh, we gather together today because we feel like this is what God has intended. And this morning, we're going to tackle, um, the, really, we, we meet for the message, the message, and the message we are lost without. Uh, I really want to underline that today as we look to God's word. Uh, if you stand in honor of God's word, we're going to look at uh, Luke chapter 19. Uh, it may be uh, a familiar story to you. I hope it is. Um, it's a great uh, scene uh, from the ministry of Jesus. Luke chapter 19 verse 1 says this, He entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a, a man named Zacchaeus. 
He was a chief tax collector and was rich. Uh, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on the account of the crowd, he uh, but on the account of the crowd he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree to see him, uh, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus. Hurry, come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him, received him joyfully. And when he saw it, uh, and when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be a guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've defrauded any anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since, since he is also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. God, we ask your blessing on your word and your church as we gather together to, today. God, help us uh, to not put our own thoughts with this, but that we would, uh, our own thoughts would be replaced with yours and your spirit would work in our midst. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Verse 1 says uh, they entered into Jericho, and if you could take the travels of Jesus and you open up that map and you'd see Jericho, and you'd see in the book of Luke as it's chronologically put together that this is the last stop before heading into Jerusalem, before Jesus went to the cross. This is really the last really interaction of his ministry before he goes and he prepares and then he goes to the cross. The city of Jericho uh, was uh, known to be a beautiful city, uh, a little paradise, if you will. That's what it was referred to. It was a place where they, they cared about the trees and the gardens and the beauty of the city. It was known for its good climate, uh, just like Grant's Pass, Oregon. It's the climate. Uh, if you go down uh, the main dragon, Grant's Pass, where Rebecca's family, it's got this huge sign that says, it's the climate. Uh, maybe we should get one of those that says, the land of four seasons and smoke. Uh, um, but uh, this was Jericho. It was a beautiful city, and it was a, a city before heading into Jerusalem. And it says that uh, the Lord and uh, those who were with him, the disciples and others, undoubtedly, uh, they came and they were passing through uh, as they were on their way to Jerusalem. Final stop before Jerusalem. And it says in verse 2, we meet a man named Zacchaeus, and we get some things about him. Uh, there was this man named Zacchaeus, which is kind of, they connect his name with the, the name Zechariah, which means righteous one, uh, which is kind of a funny thing, uh, if you think about it as we learn more about Zacchaeus. That he, and, and this is kind of how it is. Uh, many of you have had a, a little baby boy or a little baby girl, and uh, you, you want to think of them, and you say, what, you, what, what do we want for them? You, some people name their daughters angel. Uh, and uh, they, 
later on they were wondering if it was the fallen angel or, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's desires of a parent. That's what happens with names. And as time goes on and you have this man Zacchaeus, that was his name. That's what people called him. Um, and, and it says of him that he was a chief tax collector. It's interesting that it makes a, it kind of highlights as Luke is doing this, and Luke is one of the more detailed uh, authors of the scripture. Luke says he was a chief tax collector. He wasn't uh, just any old tax collector. In fact, there were three main uh, tax offices in uh, Palestine in the in those days. There was one in Caesarea, Capernaum, and Jericho, and so Zacchaeus was a big deal in that city, and he was a man who was a chief tax collector. He had other tax collectors under him. Uh, as we think about this, uh, it's a, he is an important person over a crucial city. The only other thing that we know about him, and it says it kind of abruptly, it says he was a chief tax collector and was rich. He's rich. Uh, we think it's great to be rich, don't we? We do. Uh, uh, I like reading those lists of the 100 uh, richest people in the world or in the nation. I like thinking about how they got to that place and what the, their life must be like and how different they are and uh, what they spend their money. I, I enjoy that. I think that's uh, amazing in some respects to see how they got to those places. Uh and this is, these are the two things we know about Zacchaeus. He was uh, a chief tax collector, and he was rich, which doesn't really connect us to the rest of the part of the story, uh, to be honest. We, you, you get these few things. And if you were to summarize who Zacchaeus was, he had a great job, he was a powerful man, and he had lots of money. And if we would look at that today, we would say he had it all. He had it all. What, what most people strive for, Zacchaeus had it. Uh, he had uh, the, the position, but he also had people working under him. And he, he had uh, the idea that he was a powerful person. People jumped when he said things. And he had money to do whatever he wanted to do. Most of us would say, that sounds like a great spot. He had it all. But we move from who Zacchaeus was in, in verse 2 um, to see what he does, Zacchaeus, his action. It says, but, but on account of the crowd, he could, not, uh, he, he could not see. He wanted to see, but he, he, he couldn't see because he was small in stature. And it says, so he ran ahead, climbed up in a sycamore tree to see him, to see Jesus, for he was about to pass that way. If you, if you can picture it, you can picture downtown Tehachapi, beautiful place, and, and the crowds are pushing in, and, and as you think about um, the, when you think about the accounts of Jesus' life, especially towards the end, there were different times where the crowds were pushing in. The crowds understood who Jesus was, and everybody wanted to see. Uh, you, you can imagine, especially in this, in, in our culture today, uh, most of the time, if I tell you there's going to be a huge crowd there, what do you say? I don't want to go. Too many people. 
from Tehachapi. You know, actually, I live Bear Valley Springs back, way, way back. Skyline, Paramount, Jacaranda, Deer Trail. I can see Arvin. You know, uh, I, I like it that way. I like it that way. Um, and and we, we don't like crowds, but crowds, what they represent is something that people want to be a part of. And they'll put up with the crowds because they want to see. And so you, you see Jesus coming into Jericho and it's an impromptu parade type thing. And, and people are pushing in and, and, and people are around Jesus. And, and you picture this man, uh, Zacchaeus, uh, that he wants to see Jesus. Wants to see Jesus. And I want to highlight this. I'll just dip into this in a moment. We'll come back to this. But why does he care about Jesus? Doesn't he have it all? He has a great job. He has a great job. He has people working for him. He's powerful. You know, the tax collectors, they're, they're pretty awesome people because they can just say, hey, give me that money. They, they thought of themselves as, you know, really powerful men of the community. And the community hated them because th- there was an extortion part of it. They could set any price. They could just grab what they wanted. And so Zacchaeus had all these things, and yet he wanted to see this man Jesus. Why? We don't know. We, we, uh, we can only deduce by what happens in the end, but, but he was hungry to see Jesus. The crowds were pushing in. And he couldn't see because he was small in stature. That means that he was short. Um, there's, uh, there's pluses and minuses with height and uh, to be short. Uh, there are times when it's better to be tall and times when it's better to be short. But this was not a good time to be short. And so for him, he was a small guy. And so he, he came up with a plan. And in verse 4, it says this, So he ran ahead climbed up in a sycamore tree to see him where he was about to pass that way. I want you to picture that. I want you to think about a powerful, rich man of the community. Uh, 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 a president, if you will. He, he was someone above other people. He had a title. And undoubtedly, he was known in that city as the chief tax collector. And people would have seen who he was, and they would have known him. They would imagine, you could imagine him in his fine clothes, walking down the street, being at the market, and everyone going, oh, there's Zacchaeus. <laughs> but this day, when the crowd was there, someone catches, they, they look at Zacchaeus, and they go, what is he doing? He's tearing down the street. He's running down the street. And you're, you're picturing this short, rich guy of position running down the street. And if that's not enough, he gets to a pl- place in the street and he starts climbing the tree. Why is this such a great story for kids? Boys love this, right? This idea of climbing a tree and, you know, being short, they understand that. You know, the whole Disneyland thing, you got to be this tall. Zacchaeus wasn't this tall, so he couldn't go on the ride. And so, so he tears down the street. Now he's climbing a tree. And I remember this so vividly as a kid seeing these you know, flannel graph things and stuff like that and picturing myself up in a tree over the, the, the street or the road that the crowd was pushing in and just going, this would be awesome. What a great idea. And I pictured myself as that kid up in the tree, but he wasn't a kid. He was a rich man. 
man of position. And something drove him to do something kind of nutso, kind of crazy, unbecoming, if you will. It, It didn't make sense. Somehow he thought that he had to see Jesus. He had to. You see these trees, uh, they've said sycamore tree, probably a sycamore type fig tree, much like maybe the smaller uh, of our oak trees here that are kind of gnarled and branches and limbs kind of going everywhere. They're easy to climb. And, and this is probably the kind of tree that was lining the path uh, where Jesus would have walked. He runs, he climbs to see Jesus. And in verse 5, we get an invitation from Jesus. It's really more than an invitation, but it says, When when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, you come down. No, that's the way the song goes. Uh, I don't know, a bossy, you know, school teacher or something like that, you know, with the finger and everything. You always had to have the finger in there. I I don't think that uh, Jesus was doing this to him. I think he was excited as he looked up uh, and he saw as the crowd was pushing in. Uh, he, you know, you gotta you gotta get this too that Jesus was always in control of what was going on. It wasn't like things were out of control, and and that's maybe something for us to remember in these days. Jesus, uh, as he was walking the face of this earth. He was working out the plan of the Father. You know what's going on today? The working out of the plan of the Father. Don't, it's hard for us. It's hard for us. It's hard for us to remember as we watch the news and things are spinning out of control. Can it get any crazier? The answer is yes. It might not. It might. But it could get crazier. But know this. What's being worked out is the plan of the Father. He is working out his plan in real time here before us. And so as Jesus was walking down, uh, if you would have stopped Jesus and, uh, before he went into Jericho and said, uh, Jesus, now what's our plan for going through Jericho? What, what's going on here? He would have said, okay, this is what's going to happen. Bunch of people are going to be there. Crowd's going to form. We're going to walk down this one street. We're going to get to I Street, and then we're going to take a left. And we're going to be walking out. And on the fourth tree, the fourth tree, there's going to be a guy up there, Zacchaeus. He'll be waiting for us. And you say, well, how do you, how do you, have you ever met him? No, I, I just know his name is Zacchaeus. He, he's going to be there. We have an appointment with him. And then once we meet him, we're going to go to his house. That, that, that's what Jesus would have said if he would have, because uh, he, he was working out the plan. That's what was going to happen that day. This is what God had planned. And so he knew he was there. He knew what his name is. It was part of his supernatural knowledge of people. And what does he say to Zacchaeus? He says, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. Why why does it say I must stay at your house today? Uh there's a lot that could be said about that, but there's this sense of plan of urgency that is going to work out. Uh, if he would have explained more, he would say, it's part of the plan that I go to your house today. 
and it has to happen. Oh, okay. He could have also said this, you're lost, Zacchaeus. And apart from you coming into interaction, fellowship, salvation from me, you'll be lost forever. And so I must come to your house today. But he just said that I have to come to your house. This is what needs to happen. You need to hurry. As you think about this, uh, you see the fulfillment of the plan of God. It's what Jesus was doing. The needs of Zacchaeus needed for Zacchaeus to get out of that tree and to take him to his house. Well, we see the response to this invitation in verse 6. We see the response of Zacchaeus, but also the onlookers. Zacchaeus, verse 6 says, so it says, so he hurried down, he came down and received him joyfully. You get this picture, you know, we picture Zacchaeus as this little boy. He's short, so he reminds us of a little kid, and he's climbing trees. He looks like a little kid, and uh, he, he's, he's willing to climb trees. He's hanging off there. He, he's talking to Jesus, and then he, he jumps down. He hurries down. Why? Because joyfully he goes. There's nothing better. Uh, I mean, girls are nice and everything. I, I love you girls. You, you guys have a beauty to you that can't be replicated in boys for sure. But have you ever seen an excited boy? you know, on his bike or running or playing ball and reckless. And this is the way we picture Zacchaeus. But I want to tell you, he wasn't a boy. He was a man. We don't know how old he was, 40, 50, I don't know. And and he was so excited. It says that he joyfully came down. Why? I, I don't know exactly why. But I know this, that Zacchaeus, his life was not complete at this point. He was looking for something. He knew he was empty inside. I would even say more than just empty. He knew he was dead inside. It's always fascinating to me when uh, you see celebrities take their lives. I don't say interesting like in the sense of I, I like seeing it, but we're always shocked by it, right? We say, oh, they had it all. They had position and fame and looks and money and they could do anything and and then we find out they're depressed and they take their lives why because there's an emptiness that in their quiet moments in their uh, when things slow down and they're just by themselves and they really think about their life they know they're missing something and Zacchaeus was wondering if this was the day And so he was excited because Jesus had taken notice of him and said, Jesus invited himself over to Zacchaeus' house. And Zacchaeus didn't say, wait a minute. He said, no. He got down joyfully. He was excited because Jesus was coming to his house. He hurried and came down, and it says that he received him joyfully. His acceptance of Jesus was the acceptance of fellowship and ultimately forgiveness. We also see the response to Jesus' invitation in verse 7 by those who are onlookers and undoubtedly probably religious leaders and maybe even some of the disciples. It says, and when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. 
this bothered the Jews over and over again. It bothered them. If you look back in the same book, the book of Luke to chapter 5, you, you see the calling of Levi, who would be called Matthew later. And it was the same scenario. And what did they say? Oh, he's a friend of sinners. People that he, he'd be willing to identify with them. You, you see later on in verse 15 where he's going to talk about the parable of the lost sheep. Jesus is having, uh, he is in the house of sinners. He's sharing himself with sinners. And in the same way, they grumbled. But then he shared with them the parable of the lost sheep. I, I want to draw people. I want uh, those people that are lost. I want them to come. An onlooking world, uh, especially uh, uh a religious onlooking world. People of the church, people of religiosity, if you will. They look, they, they pride themselves in being good people and they pride themselves in, in uh, having cleaned this and I've paid this and I've done this and I've worked hard and I'm not like those sinners. They, they pride themselves in that and when they see Jesus with sinners, they go, how dare him? If Jesus was going to pick people for his team, he would have picked me. If he would have said, I need a place to stay in Jericho, he would have turned to me and said, I'm going to go to your house. And he, good choice. Good choice. We're good people. You know, we, we're clean. We have a bedroom waiting for you. We, we have a good meal. It's a good choice. I am a, a good person. The onlookers, they grumbled because Jesus went to Zacchaeus' home. You also see in verse 8, uh, part of Zacchaeus' response, um, it's his declaration. Zacchaeus, it's interesting, we don't know a whole lot about how this came about, but it says Zac- Zacchaeus stood and he said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. I kind of picture, and I don't know if this is totally accurate, but it seems to be that Zacchaeus saw what was going on, like the grumbling and this, and people know his reputation, not of being a great man because he was a chief tax collector, chief extortionist in the, in the city. And, and so uh, Zacchaeus is so excited, and, and I want to say it this way, he's over the top excited. He's over the top um, it's interesting when it comes to money, when it comes to money, most people who have money, who have uh, gotten a lot of money, especially if it hasn't been through inheritance, if they've worked hard for their money. Most of the time, they're very cautious about the way they give it away. They, they you know, they realize that they've been working so hard to pull it in, the idea of it going out again. Uh, they usually struggle with that, that finally letting go of it. Zacchaeus went over the top, right? He's a rich man, and he goes, half of my money I give to the poor. And he's probably making a declaration so the the onlookers can hear the people in his house, Jesus. Hey, Jesus, I want to make this declaration. Half of my money I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded or uh, cheated anybody, which he had, which he had, fourfold, I'll give them. 
You, you look at that and you go, whoa, Zacchaeus, you, you might want to go back and do the math on that. You may not have enough money for all that. You know, if you give away half, are you giving half away of the stuff before the fourfold or after, you know? Uh, Zacchaeus, you, you better, uh, there's some tax benefits if you spread this out over a couple of years, okay? Uh, you, you really need to think this through. You probably don't know, oh, you do know the tax code. Oh, yeah, you're the guy. Uh, uh, you, you realize Zacchaeus, what he was saying was, I don't care about any of that anymore. I, I don't care about it. What I care about is the riches that I've received from you, the forgiveness, the, the spot I uh, the spot in fellowship and forgiveness with you. This is what Zacchaeus received from Jesus. Uh, as he, uh, Zacchaeus wanted to declare his intention to live this new life that he'd been granted. And so he responded with repentance of acts, but not just that, but a gracious response to the grace of Jesus right? He realized that he didn't deserve what he got, and he responded by desiring to be gracious to people he didn't know, poor people that he didn't know, and other people that, you know, if, you know, hey, I I ripped you off, so I'll give you double. I'll give you double what I owe you. No, he said four times, right? It was this ridiculous number. He desired, because he had been overwhelmingly uh, given grace, he wanted to, to respond in a similar fashion. And so we see the recap of the day's events, and this is where I want to really uh, land this, this morning. And Jesus said to him, uh, verse 9, Today salvation has come to this house. We don't have a whole lot of details on what went on, conversations and we, we realize, by the way, just because you give money to the poor does not earn you salvation. It wasn't he was earning salvation. He wasn't buying his place. He was just showing that the Lord that he now followed had control over his money as well. It wasn't something that he was owned by anymore. But, but we see this. He says, today salvation has come to this house we see this house, and maybe that means that Zacchaeus' uh, family and friends uh, followed after Christ as well. We don't know. But we realize that, that for Zacchaeus, he had received salvation that day. And it says this, since he is also is a son of Abraham. When you think of Abraham in the Old Testament, the Jews referred to him as Father Abraham. Why? Because he was kind of the first man of faith. He followed uh, God when he didn't know who God was. He, he followed him to another land. And then later, uh, we realize uh, as he received the promise in his son, his son, his special son, he was willing to sacrifice him. And so Abraham is known as this amazing man of faith, trusting in the God of heaven the God of the scriptures, and, and now that same God, Zacchaeus, was following as well. He was in that same family. He was part of that same faith. And then in verse 10, it says this, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. The Son of Man, uh, Jesus refers to him as that in his earthly ministry while he's down here, while he's doing 
uh, teaching and healing and the Son of Man. And what is this? This is so. Be- Why did Jesus come? The Son of Man came to do what? To seek and to save. Seek and to save. And what did he do in Jericho? He sought and saved, right? It's interesting. And the last scene before this in chapter 18 was a blind beggar. Isn't that interesting? A blind beggar to the rich tax collector. And th- there's a question that can be a- asked and is asked all the time, is asked in the scripture, can a rich man be saved? Yes. Zacchaeus was a rich man. He was saved. It seems more difficult because there's so many hurdles to it because most rich people put their faith in their money. But what we see here is back to back, a, a blind beggar and then a, a, a rich tax collector. But Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And, and this, is, this is so important for you to get these two words, seek and save. Uh, m- most people, as they describe their salvation, as they, they think about it, they go, man, I was, I was really searching for Jesus. I couldn't find him. Like, I was searching for him. I was on years and years. I, I sought after him. And, and, and then I finally found him. I want to tell you, you can tell that story. And there's some truth to it. As you lived it, that could be your testimony. That's the way you felt. But I want to tell you that Jesus sought after you. He was seeking after you. He made appointments just like he did prior to going into Jericho. And he says, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to go to I Street. And we're going to go through third, you know, and there he's going to be, Zacchaeus. We've got an appointment with Zacchaeus today. Jesus is in the business. What he is doing, he's doing now as well as he was doing while he walked to the face of it, seeking and saving the lost. I want to ask you a question. Who are the lost? Who are the lost in this story? Well, Zacchaeus was the lost, right? I think Zacchaeus knew that he was lost. I think that's why he was running. I think that's why he was climbing. I think that's why he was hurrying as he came down and joyfully received. I think that's why, because he knew that he was lost. Who else was lost? The rest of the crowd, right? The rest of the crowd, those grumblers. They were lost. What was the problem with the grumblers? They were lost, but they didn't know it. That's the worst spot in the world to be. Sicker than a dog, but you don't know it. A dead man walking, and you feel like you're alive. They were lost. That's why they said, that's why they grumbled. What they were distinguishing, they go, now Zacchaeus is lost, but I'm not lost. Zacchaeus is a sinner, but I'm not a sinner. The onlookers, the religious leaders, we, the religious leaders kind of took the, uh, they were the ones quoted in the previous in, uh, story of Levi and the parable of the lost sheep. They were quoted, the religious leaders, Pharisees. They were, they were connected with these words. And so I think they said these again because it's one of their favorite things to say about Jesus. Ah, look at him with sinners. I'm not a sinner. They're sinners. They were lost. The disciples it's, it's hard to say that they were lost because I think they had already been found, right? 
they were followers of Jesus. And so I, I think that as the disciples walked and they were with the crowds, and, and maybe you couldn't say that they were lost. You could say as past tense. They, they used to be lost. I, I want to tell you, if you used to be lost, then you should live forever, forever after grateful that you've been found. That, that Jesus reached out to you and did what Jesus does. He seeks and he saves the lost. As you think about this this morning, you know, the bad in the crowd, those who were, you know, just stumbling out of the bars after a hard night, uh, living, doing all kinds, they were, they were lost, but the good in the crowd were lost too, and the disciples were lost. And everybody is lost apart from Jesus. And so this morning, as you come, I want to encourage you to ask the question, are you lost? Are you lost? Are you, are you like Zacchaeus, who you have all these things that, that everyone thinks, are, thinks is great, but, but do you have Jesus? This is the message. And if you do have Christ, if you do have relationship, fellowship, forgiveness in Him... Are you living the forever grateful life? Um, I, I think what concerns me most about our time and our day is that we've forgotten that this is the reason we meet. This is the reason we meet. Because we're lost apart from Jesus. We're lost. And, and what he is doing, so, so the reason we meet is the message, the message of Jesus. But it's not just a message, it's Jesus, right? The person of Jesus is about the, the message is about the person, right? It's not just a, a message, hey, we talk about this message over and over again. It's that this message, in acceptance of it, we have fellowship and relationship with the person of Christ. This is why we meet. We're not taking attendance here. We're not, we're not uh, you know, no one's going to get attendance records for anything because of the last six months, right? It's been kind of complicated. You weren't sure where you were supposed to be. And, uh, but, but I want to tell you why we gather, why you should come and fellowship with these people is because apart from Jesus, we're lost. The message of Jesus saves us, and the person of Christ is the one we have ongoing relationship with. This is why we meet. Please join with me in prayer. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the blessing of your word. And God, I I thank you for the scene of Zacchaeus and the appointment that you made and how all that came together. Um, and, And really, you... Christ, your commentary on that, that you came to seek and to save the lost. God, help us to be overwhelmed with the idea that we are lost without you. Help us not to get confident apart from you. Help us to continue to thirst and to hunger for fellowship with you. God, do your work in us, and may we see ourselves as lost people apart from Jesus, and may we look upon a lost world with compassion, because we too were part of that uh, apart from Jesus. 
God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.